Off the Books episode of the All the Books show, recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library, where we talk book news, author news, and literary news. I'm Eric Mickles, also known as Dust versus Tweak online. That's right. And I'm Nick Gunning. That's Nick Gunning. And I'm... You have a few handles. Do I? Yeah. I mean, nothing nothing that's all that public or exciting. Okay. Eric's telling you his, because uh, as, as longtime listeners of this podcast know, uh, I like Star Trek... Eric likes Overclock Remix. <laughs> and that's, that's true. That is particularly <laughs> relevant today because, as promised in part two of our week-long celebration, really, mm-hmm. of uh, music, Eric sat down with our special guest, Larry OG, also known as Lion Tamer, who is the community manager and head submissions evaluator for Overclock Remix. Yes, I did. So, Eric, how did this come about? I emailed Overclocked Remix and uh, asked if we could interview them because we did our episode. 206. Episode 206, we talked about the music we listen to while we read. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, mine specifically is basically Overclocked yeah. Remix. I mean, I also listen to it other times yeah. in my life as well. But I figured if we're doing this, let's let's interview somebody about the website. Hey, you know, this has been a... I've, I've heard some of your playlists before. Mm-hmm. And you've made me uh, playlists and things over yeah. time. But I, this is not something that I'm like intimately familiar with. Yeah. So I feel like I've learned a lot about yeah. it this week. I've so been listening to I'm... it uh, since I was 16. Wow. So that's basically half my life at this point. Absolutely. Well, I interviewed uh, Larry Oji, like you said, Lion Tamer, to talk about the website, how it kind of came about, some milestones they had, and uh, just to give either listeners who don't know uh, insight or a, a lot of it, even though I've been there f- for so long, a lot of it was new, a lot of the behind-the-scenes production of some albums and everything. So that was that was a lot of fun. That's great. Looking forward to it. Let's roll it. So I am here with Larry OG, also known as Lion Tamer. Well, I go by, I go by Larry. Okay. Everyone, everyone needs a handle, so... Yeah. I'll just say Lion Tamer is I, I got it from being a professional wrestling fan. Okay. And a favorite wrestler of mine, Chris Jericho, his right. finishing move was the Lion Tamer. So that is where I got my Oh, uh, all right. My hand that's where I got my handle from. I don't tame lions, but I, I do like professional wrestling. It's still real to me. You were you were explaining to me right before we started recording the origins of your last name, O J I. There are two cultures that it's yeah. found in, right? So I'm half Nigerian. Okay. That's where I get that's where I get my last name um, from the Igbo tribe in, in Nigeria. The other culture that Oji is found in is in Japan. There's also a city named Oji, and Oji means prince in Japanese. So right. whenever I so the I've, I've only been to Japan twice, but when I get introduced to people, they're told that my last name is Oji. I always get a nice reaction. So I, I am of, of a royal persuasion. People see my name, they're like, "Is that Michaels? Is that Miklos?" But when I when I grew up, it was either you know it was Oji, Ohi. All that kind of stuff. Oh, now, sure. for some reason, everyone seems to get it right the first time. Uh, yeah. I don't know what I don't know what dynamic has changed in the last you know twenty years, but yeah. now everyone seems to get it right now. We're so more connected it. now. So, Larry, correct me if I'm wrong, but if somebody sees a tweet uh, from the Overclocked Remix Twitter account, it, there's a good chance you're behind the wheel there. There is a very good chance that I'm behind the wheel. So okay. absolutely. I would say, oh, I don't know, 80, 80%, maybe 90% okay. of the, the messages that go out are from me. Mm-hmm. Always, always enjoying talking to people that love video game music. I'm mm-hmm. always trying to share video game music with people out there that don't necessarily know what OCR is. So right. I'm, always, I'm always working on popularizing game music to mm-hmm. anybody that's willing to listen to it. So yeah, if you see Amen. Me, Twitter, <laughs> Facebook instagram whatever you know i'm on there that's probably me what exactly would you say your official role with overclocked remix is geez well i'm i'm officially the community manager and i'm also the head submissions evaluator so i'm the lead judge Mm -hmm. uh, as part of the judges panel it's our music evaluation team right all of the video game music arrangements that are submitted to oc remix are peer reviewed by a panel of judges, and mm-hmm. it's, it's com- the panel's comprised of talented musicians that are usually veterans within the OC Remix scene, and right. there are a few listener judges as well. So, mm-hmm. I would be one of them. I have no musical background or knowledge or experience mm-hmm. whatsoever. If you sang a note, I could not <laughs> tell you what note that that is. You don't have perfect no pitch. <laughs> I wouldn't even say I have relative pitch, but, <laughs> but there's a whole team that listen carefully to every yep. submission that's sent in and we evaluate those video game music arrangements for arrangement creativity as mm-hmm. well as production quality yep. and overall performance and execution. Mm-hmm. So, Can you explain to listeners who might not know, what exactly is Overclocked Remix? 
All right. So Overclock Remix is a fan community that was founded in 1999. Yeah. By David Lloyd, mm-hmm. aka DJ Pretzel. He is the founder, the CEO, the site designer, administrator, Poobah. Guy who writes all. the uh, submission blogs. The yeah, blurbs. he does all of the write. Yeah, he does all of the write ups for blurber. every individual OC remix that's ever been posted. Mm-hmm. And so he started the community in 1999. Dave wanted to improve his musical skills, and he felt like the best outlet for him to do that, the one that would spark the most creativity for him, was taking video game music themes and arranging them and mm. interpreting them in different sorts of styles. Right. So he so he started the website in December 1999 and furnished it with a bunch of arrangements that he came up with, but also grabbed a few tracks here and there off of the, the Wild Wild West that was the internet back yeah. then and kind of seeded the website with about maybe 15 or 20 track to get started with. From there, people in the emulation community got interested enough to send their own submissions, their own musical submissions to it. Mm -hmm. And from that point onward, we've had fans that take these video game music themes, so whether it be, you know, Super Mario Brothers, Zelda, Sonic the Hedgehog, Mega Man, Castlevania, Final Fantasy, you know, anything like that, taking those classic themes and arranging them in all sorts of different styles. So the the thing that sets Overclock Remix apart from overall fandom is Mm -hmm. that we don't just take the video game music themes and photocopy them and regurgitate them, but rather you put your own interpretive spin on it mm-hmm. so you can change the you can change the instrumentation or overall genre you can alter the tempo the rhythms add the lyrics key. you can add your own original writing you know mm-hmm. integrate your own original writing ideas counter yep. melodies and so forth and do anything that you want to make the track a personalized interpretive approach of that uh, video game music theme right. Uh, again, we've been around since 1999, so mm-hmm. our 20th anniversary is actually coming up of 2019, which is it's insane. Exciting. Yep. But we are slow and steady approaching OC Remix number 4,000. We've had we've had some tracks that have been removed as the standards. Uh, yeah, as as the standards got more fleshed out and, mm-hmm. and tightened up, we we removed some some older tracks that that violated those those standards. Mm-hmm. But overall, though, yeah, we're shooting for a remix number 4,000 sometime this year. Goodness. And we've got yeah we've we've got quite a few albums as well. Mm-hmm. So we've actually got we've got 90 albums out. We have 70 community albums. We've got a number of. Uh, what we call kind of independent albums. We've got some a few original game soundtracks, mm-hmm. and then we have our a, a few commercial albums as well, including our uh, official arrangement albums for the Mega Man series that we did for the series' 25th anniversary yep. three back in 2013, and we got the overclocked version of the Crypt of the Necro Dancer soundtrack that That's we right. did in yeah. 2018 as well for Danny Baranowski's soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everything on Overclocked Remix is free. The commercial albums that we've done are definitely the exception to right. the rule. Yes, almost 4,000 songs and the uh, 90 albums. Those are all just free to download or stream or listen to. Absolutely. Those yep. are always freely available. We have torrent. We have legal mm-hmm. torrent pages <laughs> that are set up so that yep. you can grab all of the content at once. And, yeah, we always highly recommend. Yep. I, always, I always recommend that people just grab everything because I'll just say in brief – for my story of how I discovered OC Remix myself, mm-hmm. it had been around for about two and a half years. I was doing college radio at the time at Emory University, where I uh, went to school uh, here in Atlanta, where I still live. A friend of mine, after he asked me what I was doing, I said, oh, I'm playing kind of a mixture of, of, of pop music and video game music. Right. And he said, oh, video game music. Well, you need to check out this website. He was a big Castlevania music fan and kind of pointed me out to it yeah. and mentioned that the music was free. Mm-hmm. And I had, I had checked it out, but it wasn't until I told my best friend from high school about the website and he grabbed all of the music, no matter what it was from. Yeah. So when I originally discovered it, I just stuck with the games that I was familiar with. Sure, so yeah. like Super Super Mario Brothers, Sonic the Hedgehog, Street Fighter, Streets of Rage, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Friend downloaded all of the tracks, and I got to check them out, and it really opened my eyes to mm-hmm. the creativity of the community, but just seeing how much great video game music was out there that I wasn't even familiar with. From that point forward, I said, I'm never going to skip anything this <laughs> website puts out. I'm here 
it'll be literally a couple of days from now. It'll be my 15 year anniversary on the staff. Yeah, it's been a, it's been incredible. I love it. I, I have a feeling a lot of people have the same journey as you though, with uh, just listening to the few songs that they from the games they know, and then just expanded. I I had the same thing. It's like oh, I'll check out this that I from this game I haven't played. And, and then you end up just appreciating the the source because of the remixes you hear, maybe without ever actually playing the original game. Absolutely, absolutely. So. Yeah, I, I recommend for, for anybody that would be introducing themselves to it definitely don't take the approach that you know that you and i took care right we we just went for the stuff we were familiar yep. with like i said had my had my best friend not done the work for me mm-hmm. this would you know we, we wouldn't be talking right now right. And i definitely wouldn't be I, I, I wouldn't have done all the cool you know video game music projects and game projects and, mm-hmm. and travel you know that i've been involved with since since participating in the community right. so as, as you were saying overclocked remix is almost 20 years old it's had a few milestones in that time i was wondering if we could talk about super street fighter 2 turbo hd the remix project that overclocked did. that was a pretty big deal for the site back when it happened yeah super street fighter 2 turbo hd remix which is always a mouthful it's uh so that came that came out in 2008 on uh xbox playstation mm-hmm. the thing is to put it in context Back in the day, the last Street Fighter game that had come out was in 1999, which is Street Fighter 3 Third Strike. Yep. And so the Street Fighter series had actually been dormant sure, for nearly yeah. a decade. Capcom, they, they hired a firm to kind of look through their properties and help guide the company and figure out what they were going to do going forward to help monetize. Mm-hmm some of the existing properties that they had the firm kind of looked at them and said well i mean look at the blockbuster franchises you have so many of them are sitting quiet yeah why don't you go ahead and, and revive them so mm-hmm. super street fighter 2 turbo hd remix was a remade version of the 1994 game super street fighter 2 turbo yeah it was the final at that time it was the final edition of the Street Fighter 2 series, one of the most legendary arcade games of all time. Mm -hmm. And literally, and this has nothing to do with my personal involvement with the game and with that soundtrack, but Street Fighter 2 literally is my favorite game soundtrack overall and has been since I was a kid. I mean, it's a Stone Cold classic of a soundtrack. Absolutely. I've got 17 character themes and not one of them is a dud. It's all so of them are <laughs> all of them are legendary. Mm-hmm. All of them have stood the test of time and have, are so iconic, particularly by Yoko Shimomura. She's an amazing composer and, yeah. and just a, a consummate legend. Capcom they decided to revive Street Fighter the way that OC Remix had been pulled in. Shale Riley and Malcos had directed the Super Street Fighter Two Turbo tribute album on OCR. Back in 2006, right. which was Blood on the called. Asphalt. And so at Capcom events that they would present at, like sure. they were playing the Blood on the Asphalt album right. at the booth. And so when the time came to do this remixed game project, mm-hmm. it was a natural fit that they reached out to us to right. see that if they could use Blood on the Asphalt track for the stage themes for the game. And what that ended up blossoming into was... Uh, Basically, uh, Ray Jimenez, he's now with uh, Bandai Namco right now, but at the time he was with Capcom, Mm -hmm. and he reached out to Shale Riley. Shale thought it was a prank. (laughs) Shale didn't necessarily think it was real and kind of passed it on to Dave, to DJ Pretzel, Mm -hmm. and even DJ Pretzel... Uh, at the time, he was doing some work kind of in, uh, in in D.C. He had to step out of like a, uh, a like a secure building and call. Uh-huh. And even he wasn't sure if this was legit. Right. <laughs> but once he once he got talking with Ray, it, it was clear that this was Capcom actually reaching out to make this happen. Man. And the great thing was that, you know, for anywhere where there was gaps, we were able to pull in the OC Remix community mm-hmm. and, you know, get them to participate with some new arrangements. So, you know, everything that was made for that soundtrack was developed by the OC Remix community. And it was the very first game soundtrack, a uh, very first AAA game soundtrack, should I say, you know, a professionally major release, majorly right. released, you know, commercial title to have a fully fan made soundtrack. Yeah, we thought that was yeah, we thought that was amazing. And, you know, in the overclock remix spirit of, you know, not making any money, we were, <laughs> we, we were you know, we, we did the soundtrack for free. We did it for the love of the game and we released it to the fans yep. for free for the love of the game. So yeah. Capcom swagged this out really nicely. So it's not oh. like we didn't get any <laughs> compensation. 
you know, art books, shirts, you know, all sorts of all sorts yeah. of really cool stuff. The stuff um, you would have spent the money on anyway. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a 66 track soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, it's it's a it's a project that's near and dear to my heart because like I said, it's my personal favorite soundtrack mm -hmm. and to even get the opportunity to have OCR involved in what I think is a musically iconic franchise to begin with, to yeah. be able to leave our mark on it with mm -hmm. something that's official and Honestly, to have my name in the credits of a Street Fighter game is just bu bucket list awesome. And uh, something yeah, no I kidding. would have never, yeah, I would have <laughs> never, never known to aspire to do, but mm -hmm. it, it was a wonderful project. It was great to supervise it. Yeah, I think we really delivered in a big way. That actually brings me to another question I had in that in terms of a, you never expected to aspire to this stuff, but a lot of remixers who have submitted music on the site went on to go on to produce their own soundtracks for video games. And few big names, even from the game industry, have come on to remix songs for the site. So what's it like seeing a remixer from OCR go on to work on a game like Mass Effect 2, or then have someone like David Wise come in and help remix a song for, for the site? Again, not being a musician, it's, mm -hmm. it's not like I can directly take credit for no, the success sure. that people have had, per se. But I will say, I do have my proud Papa Bear moments right, and stuff absolutely. like that. So, so when you mentioned Mass Effect 2, Big Giant Circles, who yep. did that, Jimmy, Jimmy Henson, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad to call Jimmy a friend. And I know that I can indirectly say that I helped him get that, that gig. I'll talk about Jimmy, for example. When he was looking to kind of get on the radar with Jack Wall, who was the lead composer of the Mass Effect series. Mm-hmm. Tommy Tallarico and Jack Wall, you know, did the Video Games Live concert tour. Yeah, I'm going this Saturday so, even. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, Jack has since, um, you know, wrapped up his involvement with it. Mm -hmm. But, and the thing is, Tommy Tommy is so amazing. He's been an OC Remix supporter from the from the very start. He even has and a so, track or two, right? Yeah, he has, yeah. yeah, he has a track and actually he has a, a, a collaboration, of right. a Pac-Man arrangement, <laughs> um, a collaboration with Dweezil Zappa, son of mm -hmm. Frank Zappa. So yeah, that's actually really, it's uh, a really cool item right there in and of yep. itself. Yeah, okay. But so, so Tommy's been a huge OC Remix fan all the time. I mean, mm -hmm. anytime that he's in town, you know, no matter where he is within the United States or anywhere, even around the world, mm -hmm. if there are OC remixers that are around, he'll have us backstage. You mm -hmm. know, he'll he'll take time to meet with us. And always shouts out OC remix at the shows. Had Jillian Aversa touring with them a little bit before, right? Absolutely, yeah. And then later on, um, Travia also toured with Video Games mm -hmm. Live. So yeah, we've had we've had multiple um, OC remix contributors who have been. Um, on the video games live tour as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, great, great point there, Eric. But I know with Jimmy, there was a concert that was within driving distance for him. Okay. And actually, though, when I say this, when I say that it was within driving distance, it was actually, uh, I believe, three or four hours mm -hmm. <laughs> away. Well, depending but on where so, you live, that's driving distance. <laughs> yeah, no, no, sure, sure. Jimmy really wanted to get on Jack Wall's radar, not specifically to get involved with Mass Effect 2. He just wanted to kind of show Jack some mass effect arrangements that that he had kind of cooked up mm -hmm. and so but he was a little bit nervous about doing it so i remember we were talking yeah i would like, think so and, yeah and he was saying larry you know do you think i should go for it and i'm absolutely you need to go for mm -hmm. it so so he put a bunch of mass effect arrangements that he made on a cd and then he mentioned to me, hey, I've still got a little bit of room left on the CD. Do you think I should put some of my original music on it? And I said, absolutely, yeah, mm -hmm. go for it. He went to the concert. He got to meet Jack, you know, just a little quick, you know, face-to-face. -face. Right. Got to, you know, put him over for the skill and the quality of the Mass Effect soundtrack and handed him his CD. Mm -hmm. And didn't hear back for a few months and kind of assumed that maybe it was kind of dead. Right. What ended up happening, though, was that Jack listened to the CD to the cd mm -hmm. and he said hey well listen i like these mass effect arrangements these are pretty cool but what's going on with this original music because mm -hmm. i'm actually about to get started working on mass effect 2 and i really <laughs> like the sound of your original music do you want to do you want to come on board with the team <laughs> like yeah. so it wasn't even the mass effect remixes right. that got him it was his or it was the Jimmy having some extra space and putting mm -hmm. those originals on because like I said that that's the one thing where I can take credit for that just in the sense of going like well just overdo it like overkill give them whatever give them let them hear everything you've got let mm -hmm. them hear what you're capable of 
and he was able to get the gig off of that. So, wow. yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, I know, yeah, like you've alluded to, I mean, we've had so many contributors do game music professionally going forward. You know, Danny Baranowski, him and Jake Kaufman, mm-hmm. they're, they're, a.k.a. Vert, they're the two biggest examples of people that, you know, came came in in the early days in the OC Remix community and mm-hmm. are doing huge things, yep. um, you know, not just with video game soundtracks, but now, you know, going into, going into television as well. I mean, you've got Danny Baranowski working on the Invader Zim remake, and you've got mm-hmm. Jake Kaufman working on OKKO OK for Cartoon Network and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, I mean, there's... And like you said, uh, for Jimmy Big Giant Circles, one of his original tracks was on uh, Stranger Things season yeah two. absolutely yeah so so he did it he did uh, an indie game soundtrack called there came an echo yep. he had um, part of the music for that and yeah. yeah one of the pieces got got picked up and, and used in the second season of stranger yeah. things which is amazing yeah. so yeah there's so many people doing big things um you know andrew versus zircon is, is is big too you know he did soul caliber five he did that uh part of that soundtrack yeah. as well which is you know insane and then also you know now he's kind of moved into his own realm where he's making his own games mm-hmm. uh, he came out with the roguelike game tangle deep which is uh out on steam is doing really 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 well there's just so much going on. you know will will roger aka busta tunes i mean you know he did uh call of duty world war ii he just did yep. Mortal Kombat 11, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, Danny Baranowski. We definitely can't forget, like we mentioned. You know, we 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 got to do an arranged soundtrack for him for Crypt of the Necro Dancer, mm-hmm. and you know, of course, there's Super Meat Boy. There's the Binding of Isaac. Binding of Isaac soundtrack is fantastic, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. you know, long may it continue. Mm-hmm. We we I think we're I think we're a great breeding ground for talent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, it's not like we take personal responsibility for you right. know, for what everybody has done. But I know that, you know, Danny B specifically, I mean, he got into making music because of OC Remix. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he stated that. You know? Right. So it's going to say it's really cool to know that, you know, people who are modern legends in this space mm-hmm. have, you know, gotten their start with us and are, are and uh, and continue to be involved with us. Well, as just as more of a listener than anything, like it is, it, you said you have like this pop of pride, but even there, there's still this like this fan pride to see somebody that you listen to and you enjoyed, you know, even if it's the remixes of somebody else's music to then go see them go on and make their own music and other people then realize how good they are. You know, that's, it's, it's, it's exciting to see that even as just a fan. Absolutely. And uh, we'll con- I mean, we continue to see that to this mm-hmm. day. I know um, Pete Lepley, for example, he goes by Phonetic Hero. Mm. He just did the score for Chucklefish's latest game, Wargroove. Oh, so, that know, I did not you- know. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you like Advanced Wars or Fire Emblem, kind of that style, definitely check out War Groove. You know, anything from Chucklefish already has the, you know, kind of yeah. that seal of approval of being a, a mm-hmm. high quality game. So, you know, if you like, even if you like Stardew Valley, you know, check out uh, check yeah. out War Groove and be sure to get be sure to take a look at that soundtrack. Yeah. And uh, and like I said, in the other part of the question, though, you've had video game composers come from the outside in. Uh, and help out. So I, I mentioned David Wise mainly because I remember that being a big deal with the Donkey Kong Country 2. That album. was a huge deal. Yep. That was a huge deal. David Wise is also, I mean, even if it, if, if all he had ever done was the first two Donkey Kong soundtracks, he'd still be a legend, but he, he still has plenty of other music out there. But I mean, he's he's a he's a name. I'm, I'm so bummed out because there was one time David Wise was here stateside for MAGFest, the music and gaming mm-hmm. festival over in the uh, Washington, D.C. area. It's right. in uh, National Harbor, Maryland. And, you know, I was sick that year and could not go. Oh, no. Because so <laughs> I wanted to meet, I've, I've wanted to meet this man, yep. you know, for, for, for so, so long. But He's pretty friendly on Twitter if you if you say hi. But Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, he's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I've gotten a chance to interview him by, uh, you know, through OCR in the past. Mm-hmm. And one of the really cool things, I'll just say real quick, because, yeah, David Wise, for anyone who doesn't know, um, he's he's a, a legendary game composer since the days of the NES. He worked mm-hmm. with the the British company Rare to do soundtracks like you know, Wizards and Warriors. You know, on the mm-hmm. NES days. Well, he did literally every Rare, all of Rare's video game mm-hmm. soundtracks from start to finish. And now um, he uh, now he also does Rare inspired game soundtracks uh, for indie developers as well. Absolutely, yeah. Ukulele. Is he on ukulele, right? I, I mean, ukulele and uh, yeah, Snake Pass that. is the one I'm familiar with as well. Ah, yes, yes, yes. But it wasn't until the Super Nintendo days that Rare started hiring additional composers, you know, for, for, for the team. But with the Donkey Kong Country series, yeah, particularly one and two and, and three is, is a sleeper hit. Both the, 
the SNES soundtrack and the Game Boy Advance soundtracks mm-hmm. are, are, are both excellent. I remember when we interviewed him, I remember asking a question about aquatic ambience, the underwater music from Donkey Kong <laughs> yep. Country. Yes. Now I'll say for any so so for any of the uninitiated who are just are not familiar with video game music, aquatic ambience is a modern classic it was an instant classic back when it came out in 1994 mm-hmm. and i would encourage anyone to just you know fire up youtube and, and go check it out because it's a very very relaxing theme mm-hmm. and the moment you check it out you'll understand why it's a legendary video game music theme so so when we interviewed david wise i remember asking him because one of the most important things and this is literally critical to my fandom as a video game music fan mm-hmm. so when donkey kong country came out for the super nintendo okay. one of the things that made that game different from all others oh yeah was that when you pause the game the music continued playing it was great i would definitely spend a lot of time when i was not able to play the game or you know my mom wanted me to take a break or something like that i had to do mm-hmm. homework or something like that but i would keep the system on pause the game and listen to the music mm-hmm. while i was doing you know work or, or, or something like that and so i asked david wise in the interview hey listen you know what was the thinking behind having the music play because i have to say you know looking back at my gaming fandom that soundtrack playing while the game was paused was one of the most important pieces of my childhood there because it got me listening more actively to the music and Mm -hmm. making me realize, Hey, this is really, really good stuff. Even before I got kind of on the platform of, of working with OC remix and, and video game music arrangements. So I said, what was the thinking behind letting the music play? I mean, was it, was it kind of just trying to make the experience, you know, more immersive, even if you weren't in the game or what what, what was the thing behind it? And he said, we just ran out of memory (laughs) on the, on the, on the game cartridge. Uh Like he didn't say it in a way like, you know, and he didn't say it in a dismissive way, but he said, you know, we, we ran out of memory. Right. Normally for the games that he would do back in the day, like if you play battle toads or something like that, if you paused it, the game would play a jingle, like a catchy jingle until you unpaused it, then it would resume the music. So they had no memory left on the cartridge to do anything like that. So mm-hmm. the easiest thing for them was to just let the music keep playing. Right. To me, I got bowled over like, what in the hell? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there was no there was no deeper level of thinking behind it. There wasn't any, you know, grand design to get people immersed in the music or anything like that. It was just we ran out of space and it was mm-hmm. easier to just continue the music. I, I thought that was great. It literally that that's one of my life-changing things as well (laughs) he didn't he didn't know it they didn't know it but 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 it had that effect on me and i'm sure a lot of different people given that it was a game where you could you know again you could just listen loop the music and Mm -hmm. and and just continue to partake in that experience well nintendo power used to advertise uh donkey kong country one and two soundtracks you know you could order it from from them and just buy it right up so i think i mean they knew what they had too Oh, yeah. No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So in terms of David Wise's involvement in the site, mm-hmm. it kind of go it, it kind of stretches back to 2004, not his direct involvement, but him first learning of the OC Remix community. It was when mm-hmm. the community's second album ever came out back in 2004. It was called Donkey Kong Country Kong and Concert. So mm-hmm. it was an arrangement album of all of the tracks yep. from the, the complete soundtrack to Donkey Kong Country one and a fellow employee at rare actually discovered it and passed it on to david Mm -hmm. and then he was actually kind enough to use the email contact information on the website and contact a few of the artists that were on the album and thank them for making their you know the album and praise them for their tracks man so that was kind (laughs) of our first and you know it, it, it's not it wasn't the day and age where you have Twitter and Facebook right. and social media platforms. Oh, yes. It was very so word of mouth. It was still, yeah, very word of mouth getting touched by the hand of God, you know, the, yeah. the clouds parting and, you know, the, the hand, you know, dropping below the, you know, the, the cloud line yeah. and opening saying, up your email and seeing something from David Wise. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I bless this wonderful project <laughs> that you guys have made and you could doing a bang up job and yeah we were just we were ecstatic and over mm-hmm. the moon because the thing is you know that w- whenever we've heard from composers and we're really lucky that this has been 
that this has held up in the 20 years um, you know, thus far that we've been around, but we've, you know, we've always had kind words from composers mm -hmm. and not, not just notionally at the thought of fans taking the music and, right. and reviving it in some way, but actually going, Whoa, I heard this and this is excellent. Right. You know, Tommy Tallarico jokes all the time. Like they make it sound way better than I ever did. Right. <laughs> you know, so and we, and, well, and he and, plays, and, uh, he plays overclocked remix songs, uh, while you're waiting for video games live to start. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's been a, a long tradition with, uh, with, with, with Tommy and with, mm -hmm. with video games live. So I know with David wise, um, after he reached out after the first album, the directors of the second album, uh, honoring donkey Kong country Two, that was, uh, that was called serious monkey business out in, in, in 2010, the co-directors, Jeremy and Wes, uh, they go by Jeffrey Tosser and uh, Bahamut mm -hmm. on our uh, in our community. They had the bright idea to reach out to David Wise and just say, just on a lark, hey, we're doing the we're doing the next one. Do you want to be involved? What, what what's the expression? You know, you gotta you gotta shoot for the stars, and you might just hit the moon. Right. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. He wrote back and said, yeah, that'd be great. Not only did he arrange the credits theme, but he pulled in his rare colleagues, Grant Kirkhope and Robin Beanland to perform on the track as well. So it's a three-way collaboration with three absolute legends mm -hmm. from the company Rare, you know, Rare alumni. Yep. To do that and Robin Beanland is still the, you know, he's he's the head of audio at Rare, you know, to this day. So to have them involved and kind of have that overall seal of approval of not just what we're doing but to have them involved with us and collaborating with us is just incredible so yeah to this day i mean you know whenever we've got donkey kong country arrangements you know we'll, we'll tag david wise and and robin beanland and get mm -hmm. them you know get them on there grant kirkhope as well and they've always been just so wonderful and supportive of what we're doing and to to be able to count them as remixers within you know our community and our lineup is, right. is just insane we there was a donkey kong country three album mm -hmm. uh double the trouble and david wise is on two tracks with that and he's got he's got one collaboration with a, a great european band monkey kong which i recommend you know everybody check out but what I would say the the, oh, the kind of okay. Monkey, Monkey Kong did the Dolphin Ride remix, which I absolutely love. Yes, yes, and the the real awesome piece de resistance I would say of, of David's involvement in the Donkey Kong Country Three album is that he has just a huge, huge mega collab with about a dozen OC remixers. Mm -hmm. So he had the arrangement concept that he wanted, and then working with uh the directors of the project so work, working with wes emunator one of the co-directors of that album they got a team of a dozen oc remixers to contribute their live parts and david you know mixed that and combined that and made just a, a super stellar arrangement so it's it's you know it's, it's gone from that progression right mm -hmm. it was the first album, it was David reaching out and saying, hey, you guys, you're doing some cool stuff. Just wanted to let you know this is great. Second album, hey, you know what? Let me bring me and my friends and we're going right. to, you know, we're going to, we will bless you with with our involvement yeah. on your second album. And then the third is, well, you know what? You guys are really talented. Let me work with you guys to to do something with it. So he pulled in not only Robin Beanland once again to collaborate with, but, you know, again, a, do a dozen or so OC remixers mm -hmm. all together to make just a, a big, big super collab. And um, it, it's amazing. I mean, he's he's a friend of the website and it's huge. And then and then kind of going back to the crux of, of the, the, the core question mm -hmm. and saying, you know, what, what about the involvement of other, you know, professionals? It is a really cool dynamic to have veteran game composers mm -hmm. not just endorse what the fandom is doing, but mm -hmm. also get involved themselves. So I know, you know, we've got other big examples. Like I said, you know, we've got Grant Kirkhope and Robin Beanland that collaborated with David Wise. We've got Tommy Tallarico. Mm -hmm. We've got the fat man, George Sanger, who's a legendary PC um, composer, you know, did um, the seventh guest wing commander. We've got Jeremy soul who at the time, you know, was, was most known for, I guess in our space, doing the Secret of Evermore soundtrack for right. the Super Nintendo, and of course, you know, he's gone on with the Elder Scrolls series to just yes. completely change the game in terms of orchestration. So he is, of course, a modern legend, and he submitted. You know, we were saying you like, you know, you like Final Fantasy VI Terra's theme. He's got he's got his own rendition of that theme as well that he sent in 
um, not only in tribute of Final Fantasy series composer Nobuo Uematsu, mm-hmm. but also in tribute to David Lloyd, DJ Pretzel, who, you know, who runs OC Remix right. as a personal thanks for what he's done for the video game community and just as an overall endorsement of what Overclock right. Remix is doing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there, there, there's so many there's so many people that, um, you know, have, pa- have, have kind of passed through and have been involved. I mean, we've had Norihiko Habino, you know, from mm-hmm. the Metal Gear Solid series. So, I mean, even, you know, these days, and like you said, with, with kind of having some more modern legends that are, you know, have come up through OCR, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's really cool to see those people be you know noted veteran established mm-hmm. names in their own right and, yep. and 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 passing on that word of what the oc Rooms community is all about yeah it, it's it's amazing to even just from the outside just to see it all it all happen you've mentioned them a few times and we haven't really uh explained them overclocked remix has as you said almost four thousand individual remixes that people can listen to but mm-hmm. it also has uh about 90 albums do you want to explain the difference between what ocr normally does versus the albums and maybe the amount of planning that goes into these projects because they some of them can be quite massive the individual remixes mm-hmm. they are submitted you know as 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 it sounds and individually one mm-hmm. by one by the artist to be peer-reviewed by our judges panel and an evaluation team Mm -hmm. now the albums are dreamt up of by the community Mm -hmm. the one thing the one thing that is is nice about us because we're a non-commercial community Mm -hmm. we're not making the we're not making the albums out of any you know fiscal obligation to you know do anything like that we're not we're not in pursuit of money that's all well and good Uh but the the thing is that all of our album all of our community album projects come about organically right so we don't solicit we don't we on the staff don't put out any sort of call saying hey it would be great if we had this let's go mm-hmm. ahead and do this album we're gonna organize this and then you guys will do it and we'll throw it in a compilation and boom it's all good <laughs> it so community members will take up the cause and get that started whether you know whether it's the very first album which is super metroid relics of the chozo mm-hmm. that was uh done that was created in 2003 and you know the the creation cycle for something like that or for the kong the donkey kong country album after that kong in concert sometimes you know an album like that that t- that th- those albums those took about a year mm-hmm. in development and the thing is again it's a we're a purely hobbyist fan driven volunteer you know community doing everything for free and for the love of the game Mm -hmm. and so we have some projects that develop super fast and we have others that take forever yeah final fantasy uh, five where we're looking at you yeah absolutely (laughs) and yeah especially because yeah that part album series that's you know supposed to come out pieces and so yeah i should i should nag dark sword about that because part three is due you know any any decade now sure (laughs) but um but I know even with the the Seiken Densetsu three mm-hmm. album that we had come out um, last year, Songs of Light and Darkness, that was that took over ten years. Right. Wow. From start to finish, passed through multiple different direct directors, mm-hmm. and was revived and shelved and revived and shelved. You know, n- numerous times. But so, and 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 when I say shelved, I don't mean maybe maybe tabled would be the right, right word because pause. it was never it was never scrapped but yeah maybe right. put on pause and so we have some albums that have absolutely you know quick cycles and we have ones that have really, really insane lengthy yeah. cycles and you know people have um you know gone gone through entire facets of their life you know changing mm-hmm. before that the album that they were involved with you know comes out but we we like it i mean yeah. you know it it it's a really casual thing. It's 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 meant to be nothing, you know, mm-hmm. nothing beyond that. But the the thing that I like seeing again, it, it'll be 15 years for me on staff uh, this month, is that there is there is no perfect way to create an album, right? You know, as long as the 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 core things that are important in terms of marshalling a video game music arrangement album together with the community is you just need somebody that has the vision and the drive mm-hmm. and is willing to stick their neck out there and make it happen. Right. And, and one great example of that recently 
was the uh, Skies of Arcadia tribute album that came out last year called Arcadia Legend. And we just put that out uh, December of last year. And the director, Dark Flame Wolf, they had no previous experience within our community. They just wanted to have the album come out mm-hmm. and literally marshaled everyone together, private messaged people, wow. got to chatting with people and reaching out and did all of the legwork, made sure that the idea never died, made sure to get assistant directors mm-hmm. that could help, you know, uh, keep keep tabs on people, make sure things didn't get too stale and and just kept the ball rolling right and it's not about being a proficient musician it's not about somebody that's necessarily established within our community Mm -hmm. coming in and being hyper connected it is literally just about a will and a drive to create something out of whole cloth and have a vision and execute on it right and so that that is a hallmark of these albums everything is marshaled from the ground up from the community and, you know, whether it's the music itself or even visual art projects that come along with that, the, the, the cover artwork or, you know, booklets that are made, yep. uh, so, you know, some of the some of the albums have been uh, printed up, you know, for physical releases as well. And it, it, it's it's all about just not giving up. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, anybody, any anybody anywhere can come in and direct an album. And as long as they stick with it they can make it happen. And the one other thing that's really great about the way that OC Remix does it, um, again, because we're non-commercial, the popularity of the game does not matter. We don't care what you're doing as long as you're passionate about it and Mm -hmm. want to succeed. And we're here to offer you the the community, the forum resources, our Discord channel, the recruitment tools that you need to get stuff started and you know as long as you're there you can make it happen for for listeners who are wondering what we're talking about when we're talking about albums there there's there's a different there's a few different styles of albums that OCR has you have the ones where it's basically a track by track remixing of an original game's soundtrack so each track from the original game will get remixed and mm-hmm. then there's also like the concept albums that are more like Let's like there was Esther's Dream, which is like a lullaby styled album of remixes. So yeah, yeah. Well, I was co-director of Esther's Dream, so I can I can speak more to that process. Okay. Um. So after after David Lloyd, after DJ Pretzel, uh, he and his wife had their uh, their their first daughter. They've got mm-hmm. two now. But yeah, when they had their first daughter, we just said we've got to do something. This is a right. momentous occasion. <laughs> and the the thing the thing that did work for me in terms of the recruitment aspect of that album, mm-hmm. because yeah, this was a, this was essentially a baby slash lullaby album, right? Not literally every track is, is a lullaby or anything like that, no, but it's but... about kind of setting, you know, stuff that kind of gives the imagery of, you know, either childhood or childlike wonder, that kind mm-hmm. of thing, things that are relaxing. I actually split up, the the album into different categories of stuff so mm-hmm. um you know we i sleepy time and play time for example that kind of thing so that even if somebody did something that wasn't necessarily the style of a lullaby it mm-hmm. all it all had its place there right. but the thing that the thing that i thought that was r- really cool was that when i did the call out for the music of this album initially i had come up with a list in my head of thinking, okay, these are the ones that, you know, do maybe kind of new age or, you know, Mm -hmm. piano, acoustic guitar, relaxing stuff, and was initially going to stick with that. But instead, what I decided to do was just say, listen, this is the vision that I have. Mm -hmm. And I just emailed and went through my Rolodex and just hit up pretty much anybody and everybody that was a a high quality musician. Mm -hmm. And what ended up happening was that I got of contributions that were completely out of character Mm -hmm. for what people had done in their catalog in the past right so for example norg who is an amazing guitarist who does a lot of heavy stuff and is big you know from the dwelling of duels and vg communities he had a super mario brothers 2 piece that was super relaxing of the the credits theme Mm -hmm. and um yeah, had I just said, oh, you know, he does rock and metal and, and, right. and focused on that, I would have never invited him. 
Right. But because I made the, I, I decided to broaden my horizons, I ended up getting a lot of stuff from people that was, again, completely out of step with what yeah. you would expect, you know, based on their previous work. And they, they came through and made some brilliant stuff for the album. Yeah. What I'm always impressed by with the albums is because I was just re-listening to the Final Fantasy VI album again, and it, it kind of amazes me how many people you can have working on the album, how many tracks you can have, and yet the general sound of the album is incredibly cohesive. Like, very few tracks ever feel like they don't work with the other tracks. And it just kind of blows my mind that you can get four discs worth of worth of music and it all fits. You know, I, I remember I have some really good memories back in the day of the Final Fantasy VII album, Voices mm-hmm. of the Livestream, and working with Zircon on that in the sense of i remember he had it was uh myself zircon and i know jjt another uh, fellow arranger right we we kind of we kind of circled together and plotted out the 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 track flow once we literally had the entire album there mm-hmm. we kind of plotted through okay we have the we kind of have an overarching idea of what themes should come in what order but let's listen through and make sure that this really, really flows nicely right. and works from track to track. So, yeah, I take I take a lot of pride in, in the overall flow of that album in particular. Yeah, that's that one's actually my CD player right now. In oh, my excellent. Car. So, yeah, good, yeah, good. Uh, Voices of Livestream. Yeah, that that was a great that one came out when I was just starting college. And I it, that wasn't an easy transition for me. And I that that was a that was a good way to calm my nerves back then. Always, uh, always, always glad to be of service. Yeah. <laughs> now we, now I gotta ask you. You mentioned Street Fighter Two, but what, what is your favorite? What are your favorite video game soundtracks? Yeah. So you well, a few. Yeah, yeah. As I mentioned, Super Street Fighter Two Turbo, mm-hmm. personal favorite. I, I almost can never imagine that changing. I mean, be, be, because, I mean, even when that soundtrack came out, I mean, when Street Fighter came out, I was what nine, nine years old, nine or ten, mm-hmm. and so that the the childhood links that I have with with that kind of music are, are, are will never leave me. So right. I, I don't know if anything modern could ever replace that, right. you know, in my mind. But but geez, I mean, you know, I'm an I'm a I'm an NES generation kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, also grew up in the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo. Those are really my era, right? Uh, obviously did the N64 as well. But so, I mean, the original three Super Mario Brothers on the NES are, are all amazing. Koji Kondo did mm-hmm. those soundtracks. Um, Streets of Rage 1 and 2 by Yuzo Koshiro. Right, yeah. Those are incredible uh, dance soundtracks, kind of a, in the in the European flavor. Yeah. Those were a lot of the uh, – and, and American and American house music. Yeah. Those were a lot of the. That was a lot of the stuff that was influencing Yuzo Koshiro at the time in the the early nineties. Yeah. But those are those are really really good soundtracks, and even Streets of Rage three, which is criminally underrated and gets <laughs> kind of a bad rep. Um, I, I like that one too yeah. as well. But yeah, Streets of Rage is one of my favorite uh, series in terms of music. Saga Frontier two. Okay. I think that's a really really that's a really beautiful soundtrack. It's a square RPG that was. Um, that was composed by Masashi Hamauzu. He's a, a Japanese composer, but he was actually born in Germany. Okay. Um, so technic- technically uh, German by birth, but he's of a, a Japanese uh, extraction. But it's a very, very beautiful soundtrack. Okay. So I would highly recommend that anybody check that out. All of the all of the track names are German. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a really I, I think it's a really accessible soundtrack. Breath of Fire Five. I, I thought you didn't play RPGs. I, I don't play them. That's the thing. I still okay. don't. I, I I listen to them though. So all right. I've got a lot of go. favorites on that. I mean, obviously, we talked about the Donkey Kong Country series. I only got to play one as a kid, so uh, I yeah. actually don't have any personal connection with two or mm. three but of course there are i've long since you know heard all of those soundtracks right um since being a kid but oh yeah donkey kong country one absolutely mm-hmm. huge uh, you know along with street fighter and streets of rage and, and super mario brothers really really formative yeah. soundtracks for, for me yeah even with the modern stuff i mean a lot of my stuff is capcom fighting games just mm-hmm. because again i love street fighter and i love stuff that, that capcom has put out going on to something entirely different uh, the katamari damacy series oh yeah extremely eclectic you could you could dip into any one of those soundtracks and find something strange and weird, but 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 fun and 
uh, whimsical, all mm-hmm. the good stuff. It, it, it's it's an amazing that's an amazing series i recommend anybody look that up as well because we're a book related pot we're a library podcast a book podcast i gotta ask uh what do you do you listen to music while you read yeah i you know i honestly don't i really don't i think the the thing though that i mostly do it's so fun now that i have my daughter she's about three years old now Mm -hmm. the the times that i get to listen to music in my spare time are usually when I'm doing some sort of chores and kind of uh, keeping house. Okay. So now if I'm not listening to a podcast or something like that, if I'm not washing dishes or, you know, something like that, I'll, I will be, I'll be listening to music. Yeah. When I'm doing chores. So laundry dishes, cleaning up after my daughter, that kind of stuff. I will, I, that is primarily when I'm listening to music casually and stuff like that. Now, when I'm reading, my primary my primary me- library method of choice is actually actually Hoopla and Overdrive. That's right. Yes, Overdrive so, is what we have at our at the library I work at. There are great digital checkout services that mm-hmm. I highly recommend. Yes. So I'm a huge huge comic book reader. That's usually my my yeah. my book of choice. Same. I use Hoopla through. Um, I'm I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. So through the Fulton County Library System, I have my library. Mm-hmm. and check out a lot of stuff when i'm not physically checking out books i like to you know do that for, particularly for my daughter to have books that you know you you, you touch and feel and read mm-hmm. um but for 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 my druthers when i'm just reading casually i will be using hoopla and doing digital checkouts from there it is an amazing amazing service uh, a friend of mine who works at the emory university library actually told me about it and so you know it's a great app because a lot of um a lot of libraries are using the digital checkout system, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to, to make sure that they stay relevant and, you know, on tap for people yeah. in this digital age. So with I know with Hoopla, I get 10 checkouts a month mm-hmm. and I'm able to, you know, check out books for three weeks at a time. And because I'm not uh, checking out the physical books, there's no late fees once the digital, you know, once the time limit expires, the, the, the books check back yeah. in and they return. Yeah, and then there's also, you know, there's audiobooks, TV shows, and CDs as well. And so you get the full, not quite the full array, but you get a pretty pretty full array of what's available um, at your local library. So, of course, you know, gravitates more toward more recent releases. So, you know, if you want to read Gone with the Wind, you're not going to... Well, listen, I, Watch, at know, my library, there, but... I used uh, Overdrive to check out the uh, Darth Bane trilogy when I was in a Star Wars kick. So they, they still get some of the older stuff there. Now that we've uh, we've talked up Overclocked Remix and hopefully got some of uh, our listeners jazzed about it, where where do they go to find the music? So, you know, just Google us, Overclocked Remix. No, we are at ocremix.org, mm-hmm. so ocremix.org, and... Uh, on any social media, you know, you should be able to find us, you know, twitter.com slash OC Remix, you know, Facebook, OC Remix, Instagram, mm-hmm. OC Remix, YouTube, you know, sound, yeah, YouTube, SoundCloud, mm-hmm. all that, even Patreon as well, if you want to support us uh, monetarily. We are under the umbrella of Game Music Initiative, which is a 501c3 nonprofit. And uh, going back to the point of, the music all being hosted freely, all of the staff and all of the artists, you know, being volunteers and doing this on a, on a volunteer basis. So we, we run under the auspices of a nonprofit and right. that, that helps keep things, you know, above board in terms of, uh, for one thing, you know, putting out unauthorized video game music arrangements that are, right. aren't, you know, licensed, you know, by the copyright holders, but mm-hmm. you know, like any, like the nature of any fan art, whether it's, visual artwork or in our case musical you know it's not um it's not about trying to you know damage copyright holders it's just about paying tribute to the uh the, the music that we love so yeah go to ocremix.org all of that music is free and then for any musicians you know you can always uh, submit your video game music arrangements as well to us so mm-hmm. um you know we have we have a set of submissions instructions and standards that we look at so you know we encourage you to read that carefully but if you just go to ocremix.org and you look for the word submit that shows you all the instructions that you need to know on how to submit uh, your video game music arrangements and the only thing we ask is you know we're not there for people to send us 
other people's music. We're about right. other people. We're about people sending their own video game music arrangements. Mm-hmm. And the some of the basic ground rules um, that that apply. You know, it has to be something that you made. You know, yourself. And other than that, though, we keep it very, very open. So any game is eligible. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be somebody that has a big following. You know, on social media, you don't have to be. You know, a professional. We're a hobbyist. You know, community and with our with the standards and the bar that we set it is still a high bar you know we 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 have a high quality bar but we like to keep it you know accessible for hobbyist level uh musicians Mm -hmm. so you know you don't you don't have to be somebody that's you know hyper connected Mm -hmm. you don't have to remix a popular game or a popular song it could be really really obscure stuff yeah i mean as long as you're uh down with that we're down with those submissions I wanted so I wanted to talk about I wanted to talk about two authors that I would recommend that are OC Remix fans. Okay. So only only to kind of tie it back into the the, the library aspect of it, right? Right. Sure. So one is a remixer, actually, right? Joe Zija. He actually just announced he's doing the voice of Claude in the new Fire Emblem game that's uh, coming out. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but um, he also did for the for the Star Fox an- animation short that came out. Uh, it was like an eleven minute animation short that came out a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. He was the voice of Fox McCloud. So not only is he an amazing <laughs> musician, but he's a voice actor, and I mean he's done stuff for Nickelodeon and uh, you know some some animes as well. He's doing cool stuff. But he's also beyond that. He's uh, with Tor Books, oh, okay. and so he's a sci-fi author as well. Mm-hmm. And you ought to check out his series. It's called Mechanical Failure, and it's been likened to Terry Pratchett's work. And that's not, you know, just saying that just to try and tie it to, right. you know, <laughs> an amazingly famous author. But um, you know, again, uh, Tor is a, a a publisher that is, you know, super super high level especially in the sci-fi community so Mm -hmm. if you're looking for if you're looking for sci-fi with kind of a comedic uh you know slant to it definitely check out joe zija uh last name is Mm z-i-e-j-a and you can check out his series i believe uh the first two books are out it's called uh the series is mechanical failure right so i recommend you check that out and then he goes by expert novice uh x oh goodness n-o-v-i-c-e expert novice he goes by expert novice on overclock remix and he is an amazing uh instrumentalist and performer so absolutely check out his work it's it's phenomenal and among the highest quality of, of stuff that we have on oc remix and that's that's speaking as somebody with 15 years experience at the <laughs> website with knowing knowing our catalog you know four thousand tracks and 90 albums yeah and then the the other author I'd recommend just as a just as a a, a courtesy to a, a great fan, but somebody who's been with OC Remix since the very very early days is another sci-fi author, Brandon Sanderson. Oh so, yeah. So yeah, if you know, read the Mistborn series. I mm-hmm. mean, his body of work is so huge now. You know, even you know, helping complete the Wheel of Time series. You know, Robert yeah. Jordan's uh, legendary. He's a re- he's a really class act, and one of the one of the nicest things he told us, and he told us this in person. We got to meet him at a, a convention once. Oh, wow. But he's been a he's been a fan of OC Remix since way back before he had any level of fame whatsoever. Okay. And so he so he said that way back when he was just trying to you know kind of uh, get started writing professionally and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He said that you know. OC Remix is what kept him going through what he called, quote unquote, the ramen days. Oh, wow. Of when he'd be like eating ramen <laughs> noodles and living on the cheap because all of the music was free. Yeah. And, sure. you know, so it was, it, it was a way to just, you know, fill up your iPod stuff, back then. You know, exactly, exactly. So, but obviously, you know, you know, Brandon has gone on to just amazing, amazing success. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, honestly, it, I'm I'm sure sooner rather than later we're going to see his stuff adapted, you know, for for TV and film and in, in something a big soon. Way. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure. I'm I mean I'm I'm absolutely sure some yeah. stuff of his is in the works. But honestly, and then with, within those humorous community, so many people have said, um, you know, once they pick up Mistborn and and check out that series, mm-hmm. they're absolutely hooked. So just off him being a fan of us you know so many people on the staff have checked out his his work even the ones that haven't necessarily been sci-fi fans mm-hmm. and are like wow this guy is amazing yeah he's a really prolific author 
Um, mm-hmm. Hell, I mean, if you go on Reddit, he's done a lot of um, AMAs, Ask Me Anything sessions, yep. just detailing his creative process, how he manages to stay productive even when he's in uh, potential, you know, creative funks, mm-hmm. um, and even even the the tips that he gives for writing books are things that can be applied to people in any sort of creative field and you know even musicians from our community have have gotten great advice from him right to you know that 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 is applicable to to their careers yeah. you know whether they're doing hobbyist or professional music as well so yeah. yeah brandon sanderson definitely check him out recommend him to anyone looking for um a prolific and proven sci-fi author that they want to get into. Yeah. Uh, he has very like shorter accessible books like, uh, Elantris, but then he's got also these now, uh, his current series is massive, the way of Kings. So whether you're looking for something shorter, or if you want something that is akin to like wheel of time in our, uh, game of Thrones in terms of just depth and scope. Yep. So, and Mistborn is nice right in the middle there. Sanderson is is a very popular author and at a library, and one I enjoy as well. So, ironically, the day that we're recording this, uh-huh. a comic book author, Alan Moore, just retired. Yeah. Yes. So, his last comic book has come out today. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has he has potentially retired before, so he may unretire again. Yeah. I, I would certainly hope because I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it, might, it, it, it might sound cliche, but for anybody that's a comic book reader... Watchmen is easily my favorite comic book that I've ever read. I'm mm-hmm. a big comic book fan. I've been reading for, you know, over 25 years at this point. And Watchmen is definitely my personal favorite comic book that has ever been created. I've read it, gosh, countless numbers of times. Mm-hmm. So for anybody that's looking for a top tier of, of comic books or graphic novels, you don't need to know a thing about anything to pick it up and read it. There's no backstory that you need to know. It is very very exemplary of the the finest mm-hmm. in 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 comic book writing so alan moore and then dave gibbons the art amazing definitely check out watchmen if you've just seen the movie don't judge it off of that i wasn't yeah. a big fan of the movie <laughs> don't worry about that read yeah. the book the book is where it's at the source material is where it's at mm-hmm. yeah he just it just announced his retirement with the release of uh the last part of his current uh league of extraordinary gentlemen is that right Mm-hmm, that's yeah. correct. Okay. Uh, listen, I have to. I have to officially say to somebody from OC Remix that the the site and its music has been a huge part of my life. I I found the site when I was sixteen because of the Electronic Gaming Magazine blurb, and so. Oh my gosh! Yep. Wow. And uh, you know, I I turned thirty two last year, and I re- realized that I've now been listening to Overclock Remix for half my life. And even, you know, at 16, people would ask me what my favorite band or something was. And I have to just be like, it's Overclocked Remix. And I played a bunch of the tracks at my wedding. It's... it's hey, it's me been, too. <laughs> yeah. It, it's been... Uh, the music is something that I'm always listening to that people who know me end up having to listen to, even if they don't want to. It's it's always on in my car. And I, I just appreciate that the site's still going and that it's still producing just great A quality free music and preserving video game music as well oh well i mean oh thank you so much no i mean it 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 means a lot i mean we we plan on being here for the long haul and Mm -hmm. i mentioned you know kind of toward the top of the show it'll be 20 years for us in december 2019 and we don't have any plans of stopping i mean we're, we're we continue to have fun with it and the community always continues to surprise us with amazing renditions of video game themes even the ones that have been remixed a lot so whether it's you know aquatic ambience from yeah. Kong country or or terra from final fantasy yeah. 6 we still get new takes on those that yeah. that that amaze and astound and uh, it's 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 a great ride yep larry thank you again for doing this uh i had a lot of fun uh just talking all about ocr and listeners now you should go and check out all the the different songs that you can find Oh, yeah. yeah. No, there's thousands of tracks in all sorts of different genres. So, you know, whether you like rock or, you know, metal, piano, acoustic guitar, jazz. Rap. uh, You know, yep, rap. OCR helped convince me that uh, dubstep was worth my time. We've had so many people say that. So it's just uh, whether or not, you know, listen to it. Having a game soundtrack that you're familiar with being a gateway to other genres of music is one of the the nice hidden gems, mm-hmm. you know, at, hidden gem aspects about OCR. So yeah. we are there to open up your musical mind. So yeah. we, we'd love to have you there. OCRemix.org.
All right. Thank you. Hey, my pleasure, Eric. And that was the interview. Absolutely. Thanks to our guest, Larry Oji, for doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys you guys got into it. You got a good conversation going there. Yeah, it was, it was at a late. We had to start recording at like 1030 or 11. I can't remember now. I, I was in it. Yeah. I was into it. So yeah. I was excited. All right. Well, thanks yeah. again to our guests. Uh, we've got one more in the series yeah. coming up. So why don't you tell us a little bit about our third. Uh, right. or it's going to be our second off the books episode in this. Well, series. if this was our Temple of Doom uh-huh. and last episode was our whatever. Raiders the, of the Raiders Lost of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Wow. Then, <laughs> you just whatever Raiders of the Lost Ark. Then our next episode is the last crusade okay. of this trilogy All right. podcast. Because mm-hmm. that's how trilogies work. There's mm-hmm. a part one, part two. Yeah. And a part three. So what would be our crystal skull? <laughs> no, we're not doing that. Okay. Yeah. I. You know what? Our crystal skull will be you and me talking about Sega and uh, Super Nintendo. Okay. It's a retroactive sequel. Oh, These were all prequels. Right. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Um, so our next episode uh, is a special like playlist episode. I've I've selected a bunch of tracks from Overclocked Remix, personal favorites of mine. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very particular to my taste. Yep. I, I'm sorry. But no uh, apologies necessary. Nick and I are just going to talk about the tracks and uh, just kind of get into it. And so any listeners who uh, came into this and like, oh, I want to check out Overclocked Remix, do so. But you could also turn in for our next Off the Books, which is coming very quickly to listen to some of the tracks that I enjoy. It's music week. Woo! And I would be remiss if I didn't point out that today, August 7th, as we record, Mm -hmm. is Eric Mickle's birthday. I'm 33 years old. Uh, happy birthday, my friend. Thank you. Last year on your birthday, we had Wendy Corsi stop of the podcast who did give you a special birthday That's shout true. out. So on I stage, switched. on stage, yeah. on stage. So last year we had Wendy Corsi stop this year, Larry Oji. So you're, you're on a birthday hot streak. That's true. Yeah. I mean, talking about overclocked remix on my birthday. That's pretty good. It is pretty uh, good. I appreciate it. It is pretty good. Again, if you just turned in because you came in for the overclocked for interview, please go and listen to, uh, episode 206 about music we listen to, or get into any episode that you find. Yeah. You can find us at soundcloud.com slash all the books, iTunes, any other place that you find podcasts, yeah. you can find us there. So yes. take a minute to rate and, and review while you're at it. Regular listeners, please turn into the playlist episode. Yeah. And then also 207. Yeah. But that, we don't even know what we're It remains about to be yeah. seen. That's yeah. our crystal I... skull. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. See you then.